Blog Talk Radio. Pleasure to be here instead of under a stage hiding. I'm in a bed hiding. But there's nothing wrong with being behind. I love hiding behind stages. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. So, you know, there's no, a lot it's great. To do if that. you're going to hide somewhere, no, it's a, it's a good hiding spot. Yeah, no, I am. My ex and I actually used to hide behind the stage. That's actually one of the places we met, was on it, where we worked on arsenic and old lace together, actually, I believe it was. With either that or you can't take it with you. I don't remember which one. Kind of one together. Ultimately, I would say I lean towards arsenic and old lace. Mm. Um, but um, but uh, uh, 
we did both of those shows back. But anyway, I'm digressing. Look at that. Wow. And we're already not even four minutes in, and I'm already going off on the high school bullshit. Okay, so let's move on. Raven, how has, how has Pacific Northwest treated you since the beginning, before the madness? Last time we talked, we were reading the rules. It's been a long month. Are you, are you doing okay? Your team is rocking. Oh, the team is, is kicking ass. No thanks to me. I, I'm being lazy. I, I mean, I usually I'm watching about 12 hours a day of stuff in theme because I'm so, so, so into it. My fragile little brain can't handle that right now. So I've been like kind of all over oh. the map trying to stay in theme most of the time, but I'm getting pretty stretchy and liberal in what I would call in theme, you know, I'm still, and I'm still catching up on last week tonight and all the political stuff as well. Um, mm. but I think I'm down an episode kind of, on that. I have to go back. Anyway, yeah. go um, it's, it's been a madness like none other. And oh God. Did you have to really say I that? Didn't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The cliche hit the wall there already. Oh my God. Go but if it wasn't for the madness, this would be a really, really hard Halloween season for all us spooky goths. I, you know what? So, I would yeah. say that this I'm has happy absolutely been the best madness in probably five years. Um, I would say I, I've had so much fun. There's been so many people really going out this year, and everyone is having a real. It seems like the theme is really good. Everyone's really enjoying the theme, yeah. and, and and I think it's helping because a lot of these movies are very light and campy. So I think that yeah. helps. Mm. Yeah, so, that's true. So yeah. We're going to be right back, Raven. I got to bring on the uh, chuckle butts in the background. So let's bring them back to the foreground. Yeah, okay. So, a little bit south of, of the Enchantress of Nevermore is because, but we are now, he has a new designation from now on until the movie comes out. He is now Captain Pigtails or General Pigtails to you. Please welcome to the show my cousin, Aaron Cogan. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. How's it going, y'all? It's hey, going. Yeah. How's the LA How's doing when they can't go do anything still? Actually, there's well, no one uh, to do. you moving and doing and Linal is doing shit. <laughs> so you guys are busy. I yeah, yeah I I constantly miss stuff. I was watching uh the the Boulay brothers uh Dragula two and Yay! one of the contestants is a scare actor at Knott's. So they're filming oh. outside the park and everything's lit up beautifully. Oh. It's like, oh, this is the time of year that we'd be doing scary. F- which, oh. which one Which one worked at Knott's Fairy Farm? I forget. Um, Honey, do you remember which scare actor? Uh, drag queen was the one that, the bald one? That doesn't help at all, does it? The white, one know. of the white yeah. bald ones. Yeah, but, um, I, I think I know. No, that's the Boulay brothers themselves. They're, no, 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 no. Um, one of the contestants. One of the contestants. I think it's the one who was talking about how his dad uh, went to the the thing with I him know and exactly said, "Why are you even doing this? You're not even." Is. Yeah, I think that's no, who it no. Was. I do, I do know. I can't think of their name now. I'd have to look it up, but I know exactly which one you're talking mm. about. And, and anyway, like, we, uh, yeah. 
Natalie was falling asleep last night, so we only got halfway through it, but I was really enjoying that. And I've just been enjoying the hell out of the madness this whole time. The one thing I will say about uh, L.A. and Orange County right now is the soot is everywhere, and the smell of smoke still lingers. Oh, my God. That's that's right. Kind of, yeah. What about you? You you should see my car. It's not like they were. It's not in the news as much. The fire, if you go to the fire maps, there's still fires, but um, not to the point that they are affecting, you know, causing evacuations and things like that at the moment. Aaron can correct me on this, but you actually, your fires merged together and made one ginormous fire, right? And that's what they're dealing with right now. Like, it's now the green fire, and it was the ridge fire, and now there's the big uh, fire. Uh, we did have two fires, I think, merge, but we had a we third fire on top of that. We've got fires <laughs> And all so over. did we. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, we're kind this of is twinning. the same joke I make every year. You know, California has two seasons. We've got the burning season and then we've got the mudslide season. Hooray, we're in the house fire racing season. We like to call it house racing season in Santa Cruz. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> my cat, actually, you know, it's funny. It's like my cat, like, now goes to come over to me when I have the computer up because often there's a webcam on and he has, he has to misbehave in front of it. He doesn't realize there's no camera on during the podcast. So, we have an extra guest. His name is Ivar the Boneless. So everyone say hi with my cat. <laughs> He's too distracting me. Uh, it's wonderful to hear your voice, Aaron and Raven. We got one more person on the line. And uh, back here on my end of the world, no longer in Charleston, West Virginia. I actually don't know where they're living right now. <laughs> but pretty darn happy. And I'm glad to see he's back on the show. Please welcome my Repo Nerds partner. Even though we only got one good episode in this season, we will someday be able to revisit this, this that podcast because I fucking love it. Please welcome to the show Steve, the Wizard of Wandling. Hello, you're on with Sexy Witches. Hey, how's it going? How is everybody? Good. Happy early. Goodly. Everyone. Happy early. Now we're yeah, yeah. We're- we're all online for the Halloween episode, which usually we do have like a horror host on. Not this year. This year we're gonna have we're gonna talk werewolves, which I'm actually it's probably one of right. my favorite subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that'll be fun with a werewolf movie expert. Cooler. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna Definitely. geek it up for for uh, Halloween this year. So Steve, last time we talked to you. Yep. West Virginia was going back into lockdown. Where are you at right now? Um, well, it's like it's a magical fantasy land where Tucker Carlson sings people to sleep at night, and <laughs> there's a Trump rally on every channel, and it's just a liberal DNC hoax. So why why bother? Um, why worry? Uh, it's how Sounds like there's flowers everywhere. Yes, it is. And, you know, and all of the, the proud Karens, of course, couldn't be bothered to protest anything on camera proudly except opening the schools up so Bubby can play high school football. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And then he's going to probably get COVID in Wisconsin and get shut down. You saw that. The Pac-10 yeah. shut down. Like, the Wisconsin had to stop playing immediately. Um, 13 positive tests, I believe. I think cases are on the rise here, but the attitude, it's its just nobody wants to, none of these these guys want to admit when they're obviously wrong. And uh, it's just become this whole almost, it's, it's just the almost surreal scene of everyone not wanting to admit that they know everyone's crazy and endangering themselves. So it's just a mm. weird, I don't know, it must be what North Korea feels like on a daily basis, I would guess. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's fine. There'd be a lot less people on the streets if we were in North Korea, though. I'll tell you that. There'd be no one. There's no one out there. (laughs) But, you know, things are fine here. (laughs) I I think the madness was, this was absolutely the kind of thing we needed in a hellscape that has been 2020. Because all these movies have been fun, (laughs) painful sometimes. I will admit I was enjoying some of the pain that you were going through during the Bigfoot binge. Um, Some of those summaries, the Tanya's Island summaries made my life. Tanya's Island is one of those films that's not good. It's just not. There's a lot wrong with it. There's so, it's, it's, it's worse than street trash when it comes to its PC issues. And I love fucking street trash. I don't love Tanya's Island. But you have to see it. It's one of those films you need to put in your eyeballs and just know it exists. <laughs> yeah, my my evil genius and I have been binging movies, and we watched two very important ones in the last two days. We saw Evil Dead 2 and Dog Soldiers together. Uh, I, I, I love Evil Dead 2. I can't hear you, baby. No, no, not right now, baby. We gotta talk about that. <laughs> She's all excited for Halloween. She's working on her uh, costume. I'm making my own costume. Yeah, she's taking some of my old clothes and she's ripping it up and making herself a dinner. Smart. That's yeah. cool. So, um, yeah, Evil Dead 2 was a huge success. Of, and I want to say the best part of watching it with her was watching her. <laughs> you know, like seeing yeah, all, the ga- all the gags hit, every single one of them hit right. Every time there was gore, she loved, she got it, it was funny. Immediately she said, oh, this is great. You know, she was like, her hands were cheering, she was rooting it on. And she really, she, goes, she looked at me at the end and goes, at the juggernaut, she goes, that is some really good puppetry. And I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> you know, she just, and the eyeball, she jumped. Oh my God, it was so beautiful to see her go. <laughs> Remember when that used to do that to you? When you'd watch that movie and then the eyeball would freak you out. But now we've seen it so many times, we just laugh because it is funny. Uh, so it was it was a great time. I'm really happy I watched Steve Dead with her. Dark Soldiers, I was watching. I was trying to get a copy of Cemetery Great Gates. And couldn't get yeah. a hold of one. Yeah. Um, but I swear you amazing, copy. though. I can't find it. I looked everywhere for it. Um, and I wanted to watch it before the show tonight, you know, so I could say, hey, I saw your other movie. Uh, but, you know, um, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Um, I found Who it listed is on, on Stars. Amazon. Huh? Is it on Stars? I mean, the, I, no, stars. Boo. 
is on Stars. That's the ghost oh. story that he did. Oh. Oh, okay. I, I so have to ask him about that. And, okay, but the, please, yeah, do the, that. Um, I really wanted to watch Cemetery Gate because it's, it's in theme. I it's the Tasmanian Devil. It's and I was like, oh my God. Genetically experimented on. It's perfect. It's, it's ATB, completely um, our highest point value. So yep. I wanted to watch and it. The trailer was fantastic. It's it. so good. <laughs> but Dawn Soldiers is still a classic. And I thought my daughter, she's 11 now. She had her birthday on Monday. And, uh, and as I was telling Raven, we're not going to go into dirty details, but she's going through her own horror story right now. Um, so, uh, you know, so I figured, you know, she's old enough to watch some of these films. Now, I've, I've been breaking hmm. her in slowly. I've been watching the Evil Dead trilogy backwards. I showed her Army of Darkness first. Matter of fact, she liked Evil Dead 2 so much, she immediately grabbed my copy of Army of Darkness and threw it in again. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know. Nice. Wow. You know, it's Bruce Campbell, man. It's all about Bruce. So, what, what um, I've been holding the mic for a while, but I'm going to give the mic during the interview. I'm going to let uh, Mr. Kogan uh, leave the party. So I'll get to sit back and ask some questions. So I did do my research today when I had a little time. I actually listened to an interview um, at work, an hour-long interview he did about dog soldiers. So I now know a lot about dog soldiers, apparently. Uh, so uh, it's cool. So I do want to ask a few questions, but you don't have to lead off with dog Yay. soldiers. You can lead off with some of his other stuff, too. Because I know he's from Chicago, and I, it's one of my favorite towns. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was there for a while myself. Uh, so that'll be cool. Um, I've only visited Chicago, but I loved every single visit I took. I love uh, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite cities. The Art Institute is as wonderful as Ferris Bueller shows it is. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the Field Museum is amazing. You can get great barbecue yeah, at a number of places. Uh <laughs> Yeah, just, did you ever go uh, to Ed's music. Did you ever go to oh, the Metro? I did I not. I I was told I had to go, and I never made it. You never met you Ed's Bevix. You would actually try to get a job there. I mean, seriously, it's totally you. Oh, like it is so much fun. It is ridiculously like you walk in, and they just immediately are like, "Fuck you, sit down." Well, they don't have to, eat. but you know, they're just they're, they're just totally like. And they don't care about you, and they treat you terrible, and it's wonderful. And then occasionally they have to stop what they're doing and go dance. (laughs) They have to go dance. And the best thing, though, is they have this huge dispenser. It's a big silver mother, just ginormous thing on the counter. And they do these little Sundays, and you go over and you hit the big red thing, hit the big red button, and it just flaps this huge thing of whipped cream on it. And I'm like, I want one of those. Uh, so it's, it's right on. I can't believe you haven't been there. If you go to Chicago, I do recommend nope, it. it's on but my we, list. It's on but my we list. have to ask him the real question, um, and you can ask him the most important question of all about Chicago. Giordano's or Pizza Due? Which one? Mm. Yeah. I already know mine. It's, fu- it's funny you should mention that. Natalie and I uh, broke down and we got uh, ourselves a thick just the way it's supposed to be pie from uh, Tony's Little Italy this week and one slice I swear to God is the equivalent of four. It's insane. It's a cheese casserole with tomato sauce on it. 
friends list here has been on it <laughs> but I do need to watch it I've, you, you absolutely I've do it's actually the most Portland Portland show since Portlandia um, <laughs> so, well, sometimes, sometimes it can I be love. a little overkill when you're already living it like it's to, to us Portlandia is a documentary it's not a comedy um, so sometimes it's it's a little too much in one day to like see that outside well hmm. not anymore see it outside all day and then you go home and then it's on tv too uh, <laughs> I, my favorite sketch of all time from that show was put a bird on it uh which is like yeah. the ultimate portland right there just put a bird on it i think it was like in their first or second episode well, then it feeds into itself. So after that episode aired, there was like a little boutique that opened called Put a Bird on It. There was Put Yay. a Bird on It merchandise everywhere you go from Powell's Books to like awesome. Kaiser Hospital. There would be like a damn bird, Put a Bird on It sticker cool. on the outside. <laughs> like, it, it, it can get a little overwhelming at times. <laughs> um, like a party you didn't know what's happening at your house. Like, cool. Mm. But I gotta That's go funny. to bed at some time. Speaking of birds, we have one captain here and two judges of the madness, not counting myself. How many of us have had read a summary with pan with the birdemic movie on it? I think I've only read two. Zero. I, I saw that first time I saw it via the MSK3K or the Rift Tracks version and Oh my God! I'd heard it was bad. I had no idea. So that so that was you that because I, I was really, I was thinking more people would watch that film for the madness and well uh, it's ATB I think I mean it's three points I think because they they no, filmed on five, multiple state parks. It's five because it's birds attacks in large numbers and either it gets national park or you can also call, claim the weather point. So I think it's five. Also. Yeah, but the, the birds are, are obviously mutated or something because they explode and they have acid pee. Did they? I forgot about Which the acid pee. Which I don't remember hawks having don't that. Also, that I don't remember them being like something out of a freaking screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, the man? Yeah, it's not only a screensaver. Not only that, it's, it's a screensaver from like 
15 years before the movie was made. Thank you. Yes. I can barely play Minesweeper, and I feel like I could generate a better image for that movie that would be more convincing and true I'm, to nature. I'm pretty sure that the dancing toasters would actually be scarier than what I saw in that would movie. rather watch. <laughs> Toaster Demic. Write it down. <laughs> Toaster Demic. That's it. See, now we've got an elevator pitch for when Brian comes on. But here's here's my point, though. See, just talking about these movies makes us happy, right? See, we all got giggly oh, yeah. and laughy just thinking about the films that we've been watching. And no, some of them have not been good. Steve, what was yeah. the best and the worst film you've watched for The Madness this year? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, just because mine's been all over the place. I really, a movie I know I watched that's just included in my madness recently would be the Mortuary Collection on Shutter. Oh, I've been watching that. Oh, and I thought they nice. missed a cat movie, but then I found out, no, it's an anthology series. I haven't watched it yet. So. It's really fun. And um, gosh, I, I couldn't tell you the worst. I've kind of just stuck with uh, things I wanted to see anyway. Oh, you know, I did not like uh, just in the new movies that I've watched this month for The Madness was uh, Jay Baruchel's horror film, Random Act of Violence. Uh, I don't know if anybody oh. is familiar with it. It's on Shudder and... He basically put a director's state out, a statement out with the movie that was very uh, much about how he was going to save horror, and uh, it just it, it doesn't. It, it definitely does not. Uh, so, yeah, it's just that it didn't work for me, but, you know, kind of steered away from anything that I uh, on purposely anything that I would think may be too bad. So I don't know. Most things I've seen lately I've really liked. <laughs> We're getting a note from one of our judges, Chris Qualls, which is clearly listening. He is His team is <laughs> Team uh, Madness 10K, which is Madness 1000 League. Well, he was reminding us how bad Shockma was, which we watched as a watch. Which he's um, lovingly referring to as Shakira, which I like much better as a title. <laughs> kind of liked it. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was good. But the monkey, uh, the poor thing goes nuts in that movie. Um, and yeah. then everybody dies. And, 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 and like there's so much brooding in it. It's hysterical. I mean, it's like Aiden um, Emo. So it's bright and beautiful and ugly all at the same time. So. It really is. <laughs> and I, and it's ripe for riffing because there's these great cavernous pauses yes. where that guy who inexplicably is moving all the bit dead bodies all the time he has to walk like one mile a year really uh, so there's that. plenty of time to talk it's great one room to the other I mean he has no purpose he's just and kind of Marie condoing shit <laughs> court style <laughs> Right. And, and, and it's just an inexplicable film. Oh my god! It's, it's it like, really is. It, it is. It has I, no purpose. I actually like, but once again, like Tanya's Island. Um, I'm glad I saw it. Whether it was good or not <laughs> is not the point. I need to know it exists. So, and yes, it was well, Megan's also... call, by the way, Chris. She was the one that totally picked that. I picked Day of the Triffid, and uh, we both agreed on the reef, I believe. Is that right? I think that's yep. how we did it. Yeah. So. Yep. 
I wanted to make sure one shark movie was in the Jonas party. We could have combined it, and it could have been Sharkma. What's up? Oh my What's god, shark? there were so many bad shark movies out there. Like, so like many. I knew. I'm still not even I, close. I'm like one percent down. I've watched like six hundred. It, 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 they they keep on going, and I had no idea that there's this whole subgenre of ghost and spirit sharks out there. Like, you know, until the viewing party mm-hmm. and it was oh. interesting to me <clears throat> open water came out when I worked at a movie theater and um, tentative about seeing it because of the true story that it was based on and yeah. uh, the reef was also based on true events and 
So I get, it's hard for me because sometimes I, I like to root for the shark. Uh, <laughs> with this one, I felt like an asshole if I rooted for the shark because it's not like, um, you know, the humans were being a whole bunch of dicks to these sharks and then yeah. the sharks got vengeance. Like, sure, the shark's going to win anyway and sometimes nature does stuff that sucks, but <laughs> I just felt so sure. bad for them the whole time. Um and it was kind of interesting because none of the other shark movies I watched were really ones where it made sense to root for the people. Like, the people become the villains. We're the real monsters, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah, no, but yeah, that was a new one for me. What's that? Yeah. I say that film had some real tension to it, too. That it builds did. pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I had my hands over my eyes and peeking through my fingers, like I'm five. <laughs> like, why am I doing this? I can still see the screen. I don't know, but I can't stop. It'll make you right. safer well. if you look through your fingers. That's you know. I am back. So Welcome um, back. we are connected. So um, do you want to do the introduction or do you want me to do the introduction and then do it to you? Please How do you want to do it there? Huh? Dude, I'm please sorry. do the introduction, by all means. Okay. Okay. Give me a moment then, because I have to call up some things. <laughs> Let's see. Let's put on some music, because this definitely is Halloween, and every Halloween, no matter what, and it gets one bonus point for the madness for pandemic is my favorite. And so, we were mentioning this gentleman before. He comes from Chicago, Illinois. He's a screenwriter and a filmmaker. And tonight he's going to wolf it out with us. Not just because he is a leading expert on wolves, apparently, according to my cousin, but he also produced yeah. a film that we all adore during the madness, a couple of them, actually. And we talked about yeah. this earlier. Please welcome to the show. Producer of Dogs, Soldiers, Testify, Brian, Practical Tool. Welcome, sir. I'm bringing you on. You're on with the sexy Ooh. witches. How are you doing? Welcome, sir. Happy Halloween, Hello. everyone. Happy Hi. Halloween. Happy Halloween. How's the weather? The only in time Chicago? I can go outside. I'm sorry? <laughs> so, how's the weather in Chicago? Cold, very cold. Well, it should mm. be cold. It's Chicago, but <laughs> we still love it anyway. Well, welcome to the show. No, I love it. Thank you. I'm thank gonna, you for having me. I oh, thank you for coming on. This is such a treat. Uh, we've been watching nothing but werewolf movies, Godzilla movies, and shark movies all the month of October. So we have a lot to fun <laughs> to talk about tonight. Uh, let me introduce Definitely. my sexy witches, and then you already know my cousin Aaron, who's on the line with us. Hello, hello. Um, he's going to oh, lead the interview. So, um, hey. so I'm going to introduce you to the other two. In Cortland, Oregon, you have my Enchantress of Nevermore. That is Raven. How you doing? Hi, Raven. And yeah. then back here in, where are you located now, Steve? We're no longer in Charleston. Uh, Charlotte. You're in Charlotte. Okay, so in Charlotte, yeah. West Virginia, this is uh, Steve the Wizard of Wongling, and this is P- Brian Pascal Tool. Hello. <clears throat> oh, hey, hey. So, it's, so it's Elizabeth, Raven, Steve, and Aaron? 
Yeah. You got it. That's so, it. You got it. He's good. <laughs> See, he even remembers things. Uh, <laughs> better than I do right now. Um, so, no, I'm gonna I have a mind out. like. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, is there a delay? No, there's, yeah, there's about a six second delay, so be prepared for that oh. if you're calling through a phone. Uh, okay. <laughs> The show is awesome because it's live, and we can do live things, and live things can be surprising, um, and that's fun. But the sound on Blog Talk is <laughs> <it's> notorious. <laughs> so, uh, Got it. I to throw it out to my cousin Aaron here, or as we affectionately call him, uh, General Pigtails, um, because of his <laughs> starring role in the FP3 feature. I, I do nothing starring role my ass. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on here, though. But please, um, <laughs> I, but Aaron's going to so leave frightened. this interview. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and you thank you, thank you. Uh, welcome. I'm so excited you said yes, because I've got, I don't know, a gajillion questions to ask. Um, first off, uh, you have done a lot of stuff, not only genre, but uh, you've done a lot of stuff, uh, screenwriting and producing in uh, movies and TV in general. I have, haven't I? You have. Uh, <laughs> Where's you... my Oscar? <laughs> uh, well, well, you I are actually a, a two-time Award. Saturn Award winner. I, right. I mean, of course, you're going to talk Yeah, that, that's that's not nothing, my friend. Um, uh, yeah, I, as far as genre goes, um, I am the hugest fan of uh, a little werewolf ditty you did called Dog Soldiers, and I, I'm I'm dying to know the deets on that. But I also wanted to know uh, about your production company, Werewolf Moon. Well, actually, Werewolf Moon is no more. That was my oh. old one right now. It's um, Edgewater Media Works, um, which, which, okay. opens its, which opens its doors on February 2nd, 2020. So two, 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 two lots of twos. Um, and it's a co-production with my buddy uh, Jason Davitt in the UK. Um, in fact, right now we were supposed to be making two new horror films, but uh, because of the lockdown and because of the travel ban, I'm mm. here. So, um, so that's unfortunate. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. That's okay. We'll get so it done. So you're you're not finding that uh, Zoom and the other digital things uh, can help fill in the gaps for you. You you are a hands on kind of person that has to be there in person. Well, I think you know the Zoom films and stuff. I mean, you know that's not cinema. That's that's you know, mm-hmm. that's talk and trade. I mean, you know, I have a feeling that in the next year we're going to see a lot of Zoom films like we see um, uh, first-person, you know, point-of-view movies, the hidden, the, the lost mm-hmm. footage films. You know, anybody yeah. with a camera and ten friends can make a zombie movie. <laughs> so, and I'm not, I'm not saying don't, but I'm saying that, you know, we have to get back to, to where it was, and that's, you know, Amen. things you can't do on your phone. You, you, need to, you need cast and crew. And we had such amazing locations in the U.K. We had a, uh, a World War II train. We had this cave that has, was used as a bunker in World War II. 
I mean, it's really, yeah, it, it hurts when they said, oh, no, you have to oh. stay where you are. It really hurts. But we'll get the film yeah. done. We'll get the films done. What Can you give us any hints or teases about the, the two films on the horizon? Yeah, well, the first one is called Fract, with an explanation point. Um, and mm. it is a throwback to the 70s uh, creature features. Um, this time, um, they, they're fracking in the UK, and they unleash these parasitic prehistoric creatures that feed on brains. And, um, nice. you know, it's, it's been nice. a few million years, so they're hungry. And um, <laughs> so it's basically a group of people that have to try to keep them down. But then they find Got that uh, they've been storing nuclear waste from France in this fracking thing. And that's sort of seeped into where these creatures were sleeping. And then it's just mayhem. You know, I take public nice. transportation, so I don't like survivors. I have this thing about <laughs> everyone must die. <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite parts in the trailer for Cemetery Gates, where it said 17 people will die in 90 minutes. That that was like, okay, well, this guy's obviously just right there where, where I am. Is fact <laughs> going to be comedy horror as well? Or well, I straight think horror. comedy, comedy and horror have the same rhythm. It's yes, set up they do. Eyes and then bang. So yeah, nice. I think I think any film with good characterization is going to have humor naturally in it. Um, but it's 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 full on, you know, you know who gets killed next. You know, it's kind of like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Jaws Jaws was uh, a character movie, and Jaws <laughs> Two was a menu. So I kind of like the menu mm-hmm. aspect of things. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just it's just a, a, a cheap throwback to the '70s that I love so much. And then the other one is called Hexpress, which is sort of a um, uh, a Fulci um, fest about a ghost. I'm mean, sorry, a witch, a witch and her um, familiar. And her remains are dug up 300 years later, and as they're traveling on a train, the familiar sets off to resurrect its master. And so, it's again, it's it's sort of like an Agatha Christie, you know, Agatha Christie meets Fulci kind of thing. Um, Fun. And uh, you you had me at Witch and Fulci, so (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my, my partner, my partner is a is, is a witch. He's a practicing. That's his oh. his thing. So there's a lot of inside things in the um, in the script. You know, it's sort of like um, oh, what was the name of that movie? Her- uh, Hereditary, mm-hmm. um, where there was Love a lot that, of hidden things that like witches and stuff would recognize. You know, before awesome. anybody else with the uh, the signals Excellent. and everything. Hail Right, so we're trying to we're trying to wheel that into this thing, and we have this beautiful train that we have access to, um, that that we're going to be filming on, and it, it's it's the both films should be pretty good, and it's a good start for our new company. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. We just got to get rid of this pandemic first. Amen. So yeah. 
is, is genre going to be your main focus with this company? Or are you going to expand out to other types of genre that you haven't really explored with your new company possibly? Well, I've, I've done every genre. I mean, I did a film called Neo Ned, which was a, uh, a dramedy about a neo-Nazi who gets put into a mental home and falls in love with a black girl who has the spirit of Hitler inside of her. So I, I heard that, I heard an interview where you that, talked about that today. Yeah, that was with Jeremy Renner and Gabrielle Union, and um, it's an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. Um, right on. So. So I hope it gets seen by more people, but yeah, it it, it is it's, the actors really bring out the the things. That I've been trying to track your films down, and it's very hard to. Right. Well, you know what it what it was is unfortunately like Cemetery Gates and and Boo and some other films that we did. Um, we found a distributor, and then the distributor went under like right oh. after they oh. released our films. And so since I don't own own the films, you know, I always take a paycheck. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want back-end money because you'll never see it. So you always yep. take a paycheck. So I didn't own – I don't own my own material. Um, and so, so sometimes the lights get lost, you know, uh, here and there. But um, I know Cemetery Gates is available on YouTube um, and illegally. And Boo is and currently on Stars. Yeah, she hears it on Boo. Oh, yeah, I have Hulu. Oh, we have a caller. Yeah, let's see. Awesome. We will make sure we track it down on Hulu for sure. Um, hello, 714. You have a, a question for Patrick O'Toole? Hi, this is Nat. How are you? Oh, Hi, Nat. I know her. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a little bit of a padded call because this is Aaron's uh, significant other. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, Welcome, so, Patrick yeah. O'Toole online. Do you have a question? Yes, I did, actually. Um, uh, Brian, Patrick O'Toole, and I were chatting online, and he was telling me that there was a new release of um, Dog Soldiers, and uh, I was, yeah, yeah, a German one, and I, I thought that our listeners might be really interested in, in hearing about it, because I know Aaron and I were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to track that down because we don't own a copy and we want a <laughs> copy. And uh, so his recommendation was get this one because it's really good. Right. Um, yeah. I heard talk, about the... Nat, since we talked, there's a, um, a new UK release. A special oh, cool. edition. Although I don't know how they keep calling them special editions because I have everything and no one's ever called me. Like I have the director's the? cut, I have, I have the storyboards, I have the, the I have everything. Uh-huh. And then, Jared, um, damn it, I'm gonna they, find someone at Scream Factory and shake him by the freaking yeah. neck. <laughs> it's just it's just weird that you know. Well, with Scream Factory, I contacted them. I said, look, I got all this stuff. If you want to do a really good special edition, I'm yeah. sure the fans would like it. And then they never got back to me. So I'm wow. Like, okay. Oh, sh- Whatever you know, oh, the 20th crazy. anniversary is coming up, so maybe somebody will. Oh, want maybe. To do it. Uh, they have a really version, right? There's a UK version coming out in November. I'm trying to look it up quickly. Um, I know I have that region, though. Facebook page. Um, 
But um, again, I think it's I think it's the same pressing as um, the German 4K one was. Mm. So, but I'm not sure. But it's a different company. Um, mm-hmm. You know the the rights because this week in in London, in West London, the Odeon Kingston Theater is showing Dog Soldiers in a theater. Nice, fun. All, all week. Mm. So I know it's. I, know I would it's love to around. see that in theater. Yeah, it's live. I saw it originally in the theater <laughs> back in the day. I, uh, it, it is my favorite. That's because you're in L.A. Out. L.A. Gets, actually <laughs> gets the films that nobody gets to see in the theater. That's right. Well, Aaron, you, you, must, you must have saw it. Aaron, you must have saw it at the um, Egyptian then. Yes, oh, yeah. I did. Yes, yeah, I did. that's that's where, where yeah, American Cinematheque is now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, it, I, I was blown away. Um, I I mean, it, it the elements that you spoke of earlier, the horror and comedy elements were so perfectly balanced. Uh, for me personally, werewolf films seem to go off immediately into romance of uh, the the lover, the beloved having to be the one that ends the werewolf. And you went straight over that, and the romance that you did have, you played with so perfectly. There's a nice little uh, nobody sees it coming uh, hook at the end, and I, there's just nothing about that film I don't love. It's uh, the music's uh, soundtrack reminds me a lot of Hammer Horror, mm-hmm. uh, that studio style, uh, and yeah, it's it's just uh, I can't say enough good things about it. What were well, your experiences we to... on the ground? Well, I'm sorry. I mean, no, no, please, first, you go first. No, no, no. I'm just saying, first and foremost, that film is a miracle that it got made at all. Um, I had just uh, joined a new company called Kismet, um, and I was their director, their creative director. So it was my job to find Kismet's first film. And so I literally hmm. had read 299 scripts. Like, huh. you know, and um, and they didn't want to do horror because horror wasn't big at the time and they didn't want to do that. Stuff like that. So I'm reading. And then I literally the 300th script that I had was Dog Soldiers. Oh, and wow. I know that the, the director had been trying to get it made for like since 95. And this is 2000 and I guess it would have been around 2000. Mm-hmm. That I no well it was it was released in 2002 so it would have been oh, right. about, it would have been, it would have been about March of 2000 um, that I got it and um, what happened was is that you know I, I was like well it, it actually is a ripoff of Night of the Living Dead and yeah um, <laughs> but I I love well I mean it, it's basically a group of people are attacked by zombies and take refuge in an abandoned farmhouse. A group of people are attacked by werewolves and take refuge in an abandoned ranch house. It was like, and you know, the, the similarities were there. But here's the thing. When I was teaching screenwriting, um, one of the things that I would tell my students is this. Try to weave or use as a skeleton a fairy tale or a famous tale. Because psychologically, an audience may not pick it out right away, but... It'll, it'll be familiar to them, and they, they, they and, and so they become engrossed. For example, did you see the movie Mortal Kombat? No. Do you remember Mortal Kombat, the video game? Okay. Um, do you know what I, do you know what movie yeah. movie that really is? 
I know the answer to it, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I, I heard the. I know. The, yeah, I heard another interview. Yeah, so who of are you in the Wizard of Oz? May I ask? Three friends go to a different to a to another oh, world yeah. to kill a witch. Yeah, and so <laughs> I think that's why the world kind of But anyway, that's awesome. So, so, so when I was so I read the script, and I think one of the reasons why the script got passed up was that it the beginning was it was slow. It was basically the soldiers in a bar talking about the footy talking about girls, um, you know, it was a different beginning. It didn't even have a hook, really. Um, so I, I went to the guys and I said, look, I really like this script. I think the dialogue is amazing. It's got this B-movie speak that is amazing. Um, you know, um, you know it's, it, it's like I tried to, you know, I said, well, Scream was successful because it, was, it made fun of horror movie cliches. The dog soldiers would be successful because it shows that they still have power. And mm. so they were like, no, we don't want to do a werewolf movie. So I'm like, uh-huh. okay, fine. So I went back and I just sort of said, you know, I'm going to push for this. Because there, there was just something about it. Yes, it needed a rewrite and it needed, it needed some, a, a little bit of originality to it. Mm. And it's, in a sense, I mean, so I just went back and I said, look, you need to do this movie. They looked me right in the face. They said, okay, we'll do this movie on your, on your recommendation. But if it fails, it's your job. Wow. And so you're like, I'm like, oh, shit. Maybe I should read, <laughs> read some more scripts. But there was just something that stayed. Plus, you know, I love genre movies. I love horror movies. I love werewolf movies. And so anyway... So I convinced them to do it. Um, and so we went, um, I think it was, Mar- it was March of 2001. I believe, yeah, 2001 we went and we filmed it. It rained every day. It was cold. It was miserable. Mm. So we got, we got it done. Now, here's, here's where things get sticky. And that is basically, so we completed the movie. It played really well in the U.K., like, it was the number one film until Attack of the Clones came out. I mean, wow. you know, we had a winner. Then we brought it to the U.S. to sell it, and we had the first screening around, I think it was, it was September 12, 2001. Well, we all know what happened on September 11, 2001. Yeah. So nobody wanted werewolves. No one wanted soldiers. Nobody wanted anything. Oh. In fact, this girl from Sony comes up to me and she goes, "Oh, I love the movie. It was really good, but I think we're gonna um, we're gonna um, stay on our franchise for Corky Romano." Do you even remember oh. Corky Romano? Yes. Like that? <laughs> yes. that you're you're mm-hmm. gonna choose that as your franchise? So, long story oh, short, we ended up selling it to the Sci Fi Channel as one of their Sci Fi movies for mm. you know. Uh, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't even a million dollars. It was like nothing. Um, wow. And they had it for 15 years. So that movie was on Sci-Fi Channel as an original Sci-Fi movie um, for 15 years. Yeah, that's years, where I know, saw it. Cut to pieces. Hmm. You know, they, in fact, they wanted to, to um, put um, closed captioning on it because they didn't think people would understand what the people were saying. Really? I mean, there were, there were so many fights to keep that movie intact. 
I mean, there God. were fights when we were editing it, you know, in the beginning, I mean, when we were making the film. I mean, yeah, there were, there, there was a lot of struggles, to, and then just but finally it got out there, and, and like I said, but recently it is it, people are rediscovering the film because I think somebody's got the rights to it and they're re-releasing it, like mostly in the UK. Like I said, it's even showing wow. movie theaters in the UK this week. Um, which is great, um, you know, because that makes me happy because that makes all the pain and suffering and crap that I went through <laughs> to get that movie made. Um, and, you know, so, you know, I'm just glad that people are rediscovering it. But I know I, there's I a know lot of questions about, uh, about a sequel. Yes, and, um, that's exactly I what I was going to ask. I don't know how to end that for everybody, but... There's a lot of eat, a lot of um, lawyer stuff. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff that's keeping it. But here's the thing: I used to be really sad about that because I wrote a prequel and two sequels because Sci-Fi Channel wanted Damn. that movie. They wanted that movie that franchise bad because they they got great ratings every time it was on, and um, and they were like they were just throwing money at us. They were like, but unfortunately, there were there was there were ego problems, there was creative problems, there were lawyer problems. It just, you know, it just it's it's not going to happen. And so, um, and you know what? After all these years, I've just come to accept. You know, some films just should stand alone. You don't remake Jaws. You don't remake The Exorcist. You don't remake. You know, even though they do and they try. Because these films, like, yeah. like Texas Chainsaw, they 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 they're not movies anymore. They have reached this mytho- mythological height that you can't mm. you can't take away. And so they so when they do try to remake them, they don't work because they're creatures of their time. Like that mm-hmm. that that like what they're doing with Halloween is criminal. I'm sorry. Some of you may have liked it, but what they're doing with Halloween is just it's a cash grab. And I think. If they yeah. were to read to do a sequel to Dog Soldiers now, it would just be a cash grab because there's no other reason to make it. That story stands alone. Um, although the sequel that I did, you know, begins right where the last one left off. Um, wow. And I think that's what sequels should do. Halloween two, Phantasm two. You know, they they should be if you're gonna continue a story, you should continue uh-huh. it right after the movie. You know, or like Damien Omen too. Well, okay, he grew up a little, and you know, stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. but you know, not a crash grab like Friday the Thirteenth. That 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 what, that piece of trash. I mean, if you didn't, if you, if you took the mask away, he would have been any serial killer, right? Yeah, I mean, he didn't do any anything that was Jasony. You know, he he hid in the basement with a girl. What's that about? <laughs> This is a, a force of nature, you know. Don't get me started. Yeah, uh, we're off subject. Yeah, but I can go on. But, you know, it, so, it, you know, it, it gave you know, pain to work, and and I have no problem with that. <laughs> so, um, so when it comes to Friday Thirteenth, but yeah, it, well, it's well, we all want to see. We all want to see Jason. We all want to see Michael Myers. That's why. What's incredible are these fan films that are coming out. Yeah. Like never hike alone. Now they can't 
give them any money, or, you know, or they'll get sued by Paramount and New Line. Um, yeah. So, but maybe they'll get work from it because they are amazing. These fan films. Um, well, I, I, I do the horror it. convention circuit and the low budget end. There's some really good talent out there on the very, very low end of, of the film spectrum. And some of them are making one to 15 minutes short sometimes, and they're just stunning um, pieces of work. And um, shout out to the Nightmare Film Festival that just dropped last week. Um, I do have a question for you about Dog Soldiers. Now, I may Aaron ask a question real quick. Yeah, jump in. Okay. Sure. Um, so you said, that the heads cost thirty thousand dollars a piece, uh, and geez. we're like, <laughs> and when oh, there's three of them, and it it's like Bruce the shark. They only worked once in a great while. Um, <laughs> um, so my question is, where are they now? Oh, they're. Um, well, I know one, one of the. Um, Heads was used on a statue. We we um, stuffed one of the suits and made a statue out of it. Um, I don't know. Probably torn apart for pieces. You know. Um, but yeah, they 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 did they didn't work. The only time that they really worked was the final scene that we shot, which is in the barn with the with the jeep, and one yep. of the soldiers gets his head bit off. You can actually see the werewolf snarl, and it's ears move a little bit but yeah but here you see here this is this is where this is probably why the director hates me but um <laughs> the thing is is that the the werewolves never worked and for for, for a, a, a few reasons what you see is the magic of editing we went the jaws route and you know less yeah. is more because here's the problem <laughs> the first problem was the people inside the suits were dancers okay what we should have used was mimes because mimes have a different way of moving they have a character way of moving whereas a dancer has a more fluid way to move so there were some scenes where the where the werewolves look like drag queens you know (laughs) together and it's it's like and plus they're on stilts i'm I'm thinking i'm watching (laughs) priscilla queen of the desert at some point Oh um, and so you'll, if you watch the movie again, you'll see many instances where the, when the werewolves do do something, like they're holding on to the ceiling in the kitchen uh, because yeah. they had to or they were going to fall off the stilts. Um, yeah, you never really see them move. Like when one of them gets shot through the window, I think, uh, yeah, they did that. That was either a, a, a dummy or... Maybe we did hmm. pull the actor. I, I don't remember right off the bat what they did. But, it's probably um, too expensive to throw a dummy out the window. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that. Well, there was, there was, I'm there was a lot of things. But, yeah, the werewolves, the werewolves didn't, didn't work, you know. And so hmm. um, uh, I know the director really wanted to keep, keep them in view because they, they look cool. Don't get me wrong, but they just didn't move correctly and you know you sort of have to go well do we show a lot of it or do we you know leave it up to the imagination like for cemetery gates the suit for the mutated tasmanian devil um Uh 
I didn't think worked because it was like, no, you've made it too anime. It's not, doesn't look like a real animal. But we went no. to do a test. We went to do a test at this ranch. And, um, you know, we, we have the guy in the suit and with the metal arms walking and stuff like that. And we're taking film. And, and all of a sudden I noticed that the horses in a corral are starting to, to walk faster and faster in a circle. And so I, I go over to the owner and I go, why are the horses doing that? He goes, oh, they must have seen your creature. They're panicking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, really? And I go, oh, it must work. So with cemetery, right I said, you know what? Screw it. Show the creature. I don't care. Every, just show it. And we did. And, we, and it, it worked. I mean, Cemetery Gates is one of those films, when I, when I showed it at film festivals and things, people just went nuts. It is, it's a group movie. It's one where you, you and your buddies go in the basement with some beers, and it's just a kill fest. And that's because my budget was cut. That was supposed to be my big monster movie. That was supposed to be, you know, it, it begins with a plane crash, and the monster gets released. And, but, but we were doing another film, this thing called Boo, and um, it kept going over budget, and the money had to come from somewhere, oh. and... So, so this million, two million dollar epic that I was going to do ended up with like two hundred thousand dollars, and I'm like, oh. So I, I rewrote the script and I go, you know what? I'm going, I'm doing a Jaws too. Just give me a menu. <laughs> and so we killed seventeen people in ninety minutes. I wanted to do twenty, but we never got to. It. <laughs> um, well, you know, and as Red a guy Master, who is set, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, as a guy who has uh, spent a month with really, really, really bad CG, God bless you for using practical effects. Oh, oh yeah. Cemetery. Oh, yeah. No, I, the, I, I like, I think CGI is perfect for backgrounds and for changing, because Michael Shelton, who directed Basement Jack, he's like an Oscar-winning Special effects, a uh, CGI guy. He, you know, did you see Last Temptation of Christ? Yes. Okay. Every time that Jesus gets whipped, that's Michael's work. Um, wow. And uh, uh, what was it? The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, hmm. There's that beautiful scene where the snow is falling and all that stuff. Hello, that, stand by. I'm bringing you on just a minute. <laughs> that was filmed. That was filmed in the dead of summer. So all the snow and oh, wow. everything was Michael. So he did a wonderful job. So um, when I was doing Basement Jack, see, I like to give people um, jobs that they probably wouldn't get on their own. Like, because in Hollywood, they, 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 what's the word? They pinpoint you. They, what's the word? What's the term? Pigeonhole. They pigeonhole you pigeonhole. into something. Okay, you're a horror director. Like, like mm. when I did Atlas Shrugged, I got death threats because I'm a hack horror writer and I shouldn't be doing what? this stuff. Oh, yeah, I woke up oh, with a man. gun in my face. Uh, oh, shit. shit. Um, but, I do uh, want to hold, hold on to the on-run thing because we do want to talk about that. But I have, okay. people, wanting to, I have people from the outside asking questions. Uh, one okay. is, um, is on the line. 404, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Do you have a question for Brian Patrick O'Toole? Ah, no questions. It's just Richard calling in to say, how's it going, guys? Hey, Richard. Hey, Richard. Hey, Richard. I have no idea. I came in late. 
He is a, um, a <laughs> filmmaker himself, and we talk about low budget. Um, we this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, low budget. Um, but this is one of my Atlanta boys. So uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, so wait, is Richard, uh, is Richard still there? Yeah. Yeah, Richard's still here. Richard, what do you think about crowdfunding? Crowdfunding? It's the way I make a living. So I love it. Uh, However, it's it's difficult. (laughs) Yeah, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, we tried it for uh, Fract and Express, um, Mm -hmm. and it was a disaster. Um, We think it's the pandemic, but um, I don't know. I'm a traditionalist. I like to go out and, and, and wine and dine and get my my investors, <laughs> but um, we gave it a shot, but I was just wondering if anybody was having any luck with that. Have you tried to crowdfund anything this year? I have. I, I actually had my best year this year, but you also have to treat it um, in a certain way. Like you, <laughs> you got to know when people have money. So like I always do mine in February because that's exactly when people are getting their refund checks back. You know, they're getting money. It's after Christmas. Like Smart. you have to treat it like such a business mode where you're like, when do people have money burning a hole in their pocket? Uh, it's right. it's a very difficult thing because half the time, I mean, if you're making Hindi movies, you're dealing with people that like garbage <laughs> pretty much. You're like, oh, trauma? <laughs> They're great. I love trauma. And it's like, oh, the people that like trauma don't have money because that's the only reason people <laughs> that live in Jersey think it's a good movie. Same people living in the south Ooh. side of Atlanta. So, you know, you just got to know when the poor people have money because that's who's buying my movies because I'm poor as well. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> that was awesome. Richard, Richard and I go to Days of the Dead Atlanta. Matter of fact, our last time we saw each other was Days of the Dead Atlanta, and that was the last media convention we did as well. So, um but he's been um, showing his movie Frankenstein for us, and that was wonderful. Um, so thank you for letting us watch your movie um, during the madness. Uh, but um, I actually have one more question for you, Patrick, and I can give it back to Aaron. Um, people are asking about your Chicago pizza pick. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm the luckiest boy in the world. I live a block away from the best pizza. The, the best pizza in Chicago. Um, <laughs> it's um, but the name is escaping me now. I'm being so I'm getting up and I'm looking at the menu. Hold on a second. Good but, idea. Um, yeah, <laughs> Chicago it's a very has, important question. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, no, it's important. It's um, uh, oh, Miss uh, Angelo's Pizza. I knew it was Angelo's. Why didn't I just say Angelo's? Angelo's. Yeah, Angelo's Pizza in Downers Grove is like the best pizza in the freaking world. Um, but you know we have right we, we have everything here. I mean, yeah, you can't the touch barbecue, Chicago man. I, Chicago barbecue rules. Oh yeah, yeah, the hot beefs and stuff. Yeah, you know, um, I've gained at least ten pounds being back here. But I just tell people, um, <laughs> if I lose weight, the moon slams into the earth. You're welcome. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, nice. it's, you're not gonna you're not gonna be L A skinny here. No way. <laughs> so let me see but if yeah, I can like get Angela. local on you. Um, do you know the, um, the the red line stop Loyola near the Loyola District University? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So you go two blocks past that, and to the right, there's a ginormous, like, red brick convent and a uh, couple of churches on a corner. 
like from each other? Do you know what a school is? There's a school there. Right. Okay. I actually lived in that convent. Right. Yeah. Is that the one where the monks, if they catch you, they make you pray on rice? Uh, They were weird. There was only one person there, one person there, but those guys were kind of creepy, actually. Um, Well, they have have a lot of secrets. Uh, They do, (laughs) but they allowed us to stay. I stayed there for a month. I was working um, on the west side um, and really close to where Billy Grosskreft and the uh, Blackhawks play, you know, uh, United Center, right? That it is. Right. Uh, I worked there, and I lived, and they let us live there while we were we were rebuilding houses. We were fixing houses up for a month, uh, Christmas in April, to be exact. Uh, so, okay. uh, so yeah, so I was dirt poor and living there because you know I had no money. I was living at a convent. Uh, <laughs> so, but but um, I love Chicago. I had a great time there, and it's a beautiful city, and it's fun. It might be cold. You are right. I was the only place I've ever seen wind lift up sheet metal and fly it through the air. I'm not joking. Oh. I, walked out, I turned a corner, and there it was. <laughs> it's, the mo- but, it's the most beautiful city in the world. I'm sorry, but it is. The problem is, is that <laughs> is is the cold. I mean. There's sometimes the daytime temperature is like, is like, or it's like 56 below with the wind chill. Mm. That's the daytime temperature of Neptune. I could have my own planet. Yeah. You know, but um, you know, you just you snuggle up, you just get warm. Okay, I, mean, but, I can't take. But LA while we're talking anymore. about, I'm sorry. <laughs> when we're talking about how horrible the winters are in Chicago, let us not forget how absolutely terrible the summers. In Chicago, you have like three weeks of good weather. (laughs) Oh, well, my 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 friends, that's because you leave the house. I don't leave the house. (laughs) Smart, smart man. My language. (laughs) I, I, I am at my computer all the time, wheeling, dealing, writing. You know, it's like seriously, it's like I, I, you know, thank God, Jules, you know. <laughs> when we're not in lockdown, what's your travel schedule like? Where are you going normally? Well, I, I'm supposed to be in the UK now, um, but mm. um, I go. You know, I get invited to film festivals and stuff, and that's great. And conventions are awesome. The greatest compliment I ever got was I was at a Fangoria convention in Vegas, and this guy comes up to me and he pulls up his shirt. No, 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 that's not the best part. The best part was. <laughs> That he had a dog soldier werewolf on his tummy. Yeah, an adult magic tummy. And I'm like, that's <laughs> freaking awesome that you put that on your body. Um, right. And then I had another guy who came up to me and he had Precious, the uh, Tasmanian devil, yeah. on, his, um, on his calf. From and Cemetery Gate. Right. He said that movie was the reason that I wanted to do makeup effects. And, you know, when you make these movies and you, and you deal with all this drama and it's crap, it's crap. Richard Donner once said to me, I asked him, I said, you know, I'm new in the business. What, what, could, um, what, what advice do you have for somebody like me? He says, if you're good at something else, do that. <laughs> and you know what? I, I see that now. I, I must be insane. I've made 12 <laughs> movies. And each one is a living nightmare um, at some extent. But then when you show it in front of an audience 
and they applaud and they scream and they laugh at the right parts, it's so worth it. And I think that's the the drug that keeps us going because that mm. that you know it's stuff like that. Like with Atlas Shrugged, when when I was in at Westwood, well, you know where Westwood is, Westwood Theater. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the movie, when everyone clapped, which I had never really experienced before, and then when my name oh. came up. They they clapped just a little louder. It was like, yeah. wow, I must have done something right. right. On. All right, so let's get back to On Round and and you, the Atlas Shrug movie. Clearly right. controversial, and you know we Clearly. won't go into the politics here. But tell me right. about your experience with that because you said you had death threats, and I knew that everybody involved on in the low end had problems of some kind. When that movie yeah. so, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I could I could talk for hours about that. I wrote a book <laughs> about it. Um but, well, but mainly um, and then we'll talk about werewolves. But but the thing with with Alice Shrugged, um here's the thing, without being political, because I'm not really political, like you know, I'm not you know, some people are really political, I'm not really political. Um but um you know, they they were trying to make that movie. Um, John Aguilaro had the film rights. He'd been trying to make that movie, uh, I'm going to say, 30 years. I think it was like for 30 years he'd been trying to make the movie. But the problem was, in fact, um, Angeline Jolie and Brad Pitt were involved in a version of it at some point. I mean, they've been trying to make Good that movie Lord. for a long time. But here's the problem. There are two groups. Think of it as like the Catholics and the Protestants. So there was the Atlas Society and the, no, there was the Ayn Rand, no, the Ayn Rand Institute and the Atlas Society. And from what my, I understand, they had to agree on the script. And they never agreed on the script. Huh. But then, lo and behold, they liked mine. Um, and so it was approved. After 30 years, it was approved. Well, of course, they want to do press, and my credits are basically horror films. And um, boy, you know, people—it's it, the, the book is very important to a lot of people, and it's a lot, a lot, a lot of it has to do with the John yeah. Galt speech. It's like a seventy-page speech, which kind of um, outlines, you know, the beliefs and stuff. And it's been called the Republican Bible. Um, you know, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but here's the thing. So I didn't, I read the book once in college. Um, and, you know, so I didn't remember too much of it. So when, as a screenwriter, when you're given material to adapt, okay, what you need to do is you need to find the heart of, of the book. Because people say, oh, the book was better. No, 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 no. The book was different. It's a different medium, okay, a media. Yep. You know, you, you, it'll never be the same as your imagination. So what you're sitting down and watching is my version, my imagination of the book. And so what I did is I, I, I tried to find the heart of the book. And to me, the heart of the book was here is a woman, a businesswoman, a strong woman, who was trying to save her family railroad um, from three factors. The first one was an idiot brother who just wanted to play, be the playboy and, and, and get into politics and be famous. Then there was the government, which was 
overtaxing the rich people so that they could uh, fuel um, the, uh, you know stuff for the poor. You know, for, for, for and, th- and they thought they were making people lazy doing this. Um, and then the third factor is John Galt, who's this mysterious man who's taking all the smart people in the world and planting them, taking them to a, to a secret island so they could build a whole new society. You know, it is by its nature, it is a science fiction novel. It's, it's, it's a famous what if novel. And the thing mm. about it is Atlas Shrugged was not supposed to, was, it wasn't supposed to be a newspaper. There was a lot of things going on in the world right now that are predicted in that book. But in my opinion, this is my opinion, and this is probably going to get me more death threats. My opinion <laughs> is that she wrote that book as a warning. Now, like if I wrote a book about how to rob a bank and I put a chapter in there about how to successfully rob a bank, I didn't do that so that you could go out and rob a bank. I'm just showing, be careful, this can happen. And, um, you know, it was very exciting. But then the Tea Party and all these other people started getting into mm. to the making of the movie. Well, you have to say this, and... You know stuff like that, and oh, wow. th- this was a bunch of people that saw a movie but never um, made a movie, so they didn't understand. You don't beat the head, your message over the head of the audience. You show a story, and they get from that story, which is what Ayn Rand did, the message. But they had to have all this stuff in there, the tea party, and all this, and hmm. so. You know, it's sort of, and then we went through two directors, and um, it just, unfortunately, uh, in the first movie, it was about 80% was about what I wrote, um, and then the other two movies were just just abysmal failures. Um, but that wow. was a long story. I mean, if you ever want to have me back on, I'll tell you the, the Atlas Shrug story, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just glad I was able to give John Aguilero his dream. He, he'd been wanting to make this movie. If I gave him that opportunity to get that done, I'm happy. I'm happy that I got to do it. But yeah, I got lots of ugly messages. Um, I woke up with a gun in my face. Um, and that story okay, is awesome. Yeah, you, you can't just drop that. Yeah, please. I would love it's to know really, that. It's really short. I'll tell it as short as I can. Basically, <laughs> some, some idiot in um, Texas um, called in a, a suicide with a gun on me. He got my yeah. address or something, and so the cops kicked in my door, but I'm a heavy sleeper, kicked in my door, and God, um, they shook me awake. I wake up, there's a gun in my face. They pull me up, they handcuff me. I can't see without my glasses, and, they made, and, they, and then after searching my apartment and everything, they realized they made a mistake. They unhandcuffed wow. me, Gave me a card and said, "If I had any questions, call this number." <laughs> and Somebody I'm like, swatted you. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And you know, and I, you know, and I'm not shy. So when I get a death threat or death email, I guess it's it, it's more like it. I contact uh, them back, and 90% of the time, it was a disgruntled writer who thought he could do better or she could do better than what I was doing. <laughs> but you know what? I have a Saturn Award for what I did. What have they done? Right. <laughs> right on. But anyway, yeah, it was it was pretty intense. It actually it actually 
I left Hollywood soon after that. I was just like, I don't need to be here. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm glad I'm gonna it didn't sour else. you on, on doing movies, though. God, that's, that's insane. Oh, no, it, that's it, it literally insane. Me. Yeah, wow. it was pretty intense, but it was like, you know, hey, they're paying attention. <laughs> well, you're not kidding. <laughs> uh, people are serious about that book. I mean, Paul Ryan, yes. former Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, used to make it mandatory for his staff to read it. Right. Well, I've, none of them read it. Huh. None of them, <laughs> nobody's ever read that book. I'm, I guarantee you. It's like the Bible. You know, they have a, they have a thing yeah. where if you've <laughs> read the Bible, you're an atheist. If you haven't read the Bible... You're Christian. So to me, yep. I read that book, and I think they're missing the message. I think they're only reading the 70 pages because um, yeah. I read that book a lot. <laughs> I mean, I really wow. had to read it. And, um, yeah, anyway, but um, anyway, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> we we well, have um, another caller, actually. Would okay. you like to see if they have a question? So uh, let me bring them on. Uh, 402, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Hello, it's Andrasta. How are you guys tonight? Oh, hi, Andrasta. Hello, hello. Uh, so just wanted to... I do, and just wanted to say hello to um, our guest tonight and tell him thank you. Dog Soldiers was brilliant. I really enjoyed watching it. And... Um, it's funny you mention uh, the pizza place in uh, Diners Grove because I used to live in uh, Hinsdale, so uh, I'm familiar with Angelo's. That place is uh, really good. But it is um, really my good, question right? is, it is, it is, and it's but it's not what people think of when they think Chicago. You know, they think Lou Malnati's or Giordano's or something. You know, from outside, but uh, and yeah, it's interesting because I, yeah, well, <laughs> but it's like the best kept secret type of thing too. So. Yeah, 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 I think yeah, people that true, visit don't really know it. But uh, yeah, and I live in Orange County now, so it's uh, desperately hard to find uh, you know good Chicago deep dish out here in Southern California. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <there> is <laughs> but uh, anyway, my question to you is: um, since you, you've done a, a werewolf movie, what what is your favorite werewolf movie? That's what we were going to ask. Yes, go for that. Excellent. Good lead um, Thank you. I love, I love, see, that's, I love all the famous monsters. Um, you know, I think, you know, uh, Lon Chaney's, Lon Chaney's, Lon Chaney's uh, uh, werewolf, you know, because there's a, there's a sympathy. I mean, he's cursed. That's yeah. what right. werewolves are about. Werewolves are cursed. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the severe end of Jekyll and Hyde. It's, you know, they, it's mm. not their choice. It's not their choice. Like with a vampire, you can give yourself to a vampire. You can, you know, you can, vampires can be sexy. My friend or my business partner and friend, Jason Davitt, did two vampire movies, uh, Vampires Brighter in Darkness and Vampires Lucas Rising. They're very highly erotic, but he, he was able to tap into what made vampires the the magical beings, you know, the, the the eroticism and this stuff. So if anyone has never seen those, I know they're on Tubi, Tubi TV, um, and I think they're on Amazon. They're on Amazon too. So I I, I want people okay. to check them out because they're really okay. good. And he did them on super low budget. Um, I'll have to have a look up those then. Yeah, it's great. Case. Anyway, with werewolves, I mean, we all love. I like the howling, 
only mm-hmm. because I like the story. I like the story of the howling. Um, but I think American Werewolf in London has got to be everybody's favorite because yeah. it had the comedy. It had you, and because of the comedy, you came to like the characters. And in the end, it's 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 the the King Kong ending. It's Beauty yeah. Kill the Beast, you know. Yeah. And so those true. classic elements, like I said, you know, if you can weave in a fairy tale, um, those classic elements, and a I think, made soundtrack. American. Oh yeah, please, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Elmer, was it Elmer Bernstein? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just did an amazing job. I love soundtracks. I love because mm-hmm. that's what I write by, and you know, and stuff like that. And again, just to put in another plug for myself, if you want a really good <laughs> soundtrack, <laughs> um, and I'm not just saying this, but Alan Howarth, who did all the music for you know Halloween Two and The Thing and stuff like that, he works with John Carpenter. He did the score for Basement Jack, my film Basement Jack. Okay. That soundtrack is underrated. I got nice. I right got on. such a I got such a deal. So if you can find the soundtrack to Basement Jack, it is an amazing listen to. Sweet. There's there's themes and stuff in there. Um, and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you okay. know, music makes the movies. You know, it, um, you're right. I, I couldn't I mean, agree more. Like Phantasm, Phantasm, that music, you know, that's that's a character in itself. It's like those crappy Godzilla movies. I know you guys just talked about it, but those those two stupid ones that just came out, the one where everyone bows to Godzilla at the end, don't get me started. But here's the thing. You don't, you don't have a Godzilla movie without Godzilla's theme. It doesn't work. Amen. Even though he falls in love with Matthew Broderick, I don't know what that movie is. Because I'm not, I'm not a very smart person, but I know that a creature that big running – it's a heart would explode. I mean, come on. Godzilla does not run. He lumbers. He's a force of yeah. nature. You know, you put, you, you put buildings up. He doesn't there. He need to run. People. No. He, he just, he's just going where he knows. Um, yeah. yeah, those those two. I don't even say Godzilla. It's Chubzilla. He's got no neck. <laughs> I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to fat Are you body him. shaming Godzilla right now? Yeah, I'm not trying to no say that. Godzilla actually does have a nickname. It is called Gino. Oh, G-I-N-O. Godzilla in name only. That's actually its name. <laughs> and well, it gets you know. an ass kicked in one that I made them watch. The Godzilla Final Wars. At one point, Final Wars. The, man, the man in suit. Yeah, Rue Kitmaru, horror director, directed a, a, a Godzilla movie. And the yeah. man in suit Godzilla fights Gino and kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He lasts yeah. all they, they six call, seconds. They call them Zilla. Yeah, it's they call too them short. Zilla. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, the, uh, I, mean, I love that The evil alien but, who, who sicked him on him called it uh, Tuna Head, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that, film, that, film, that film is out of control. I love it. Final Wars, I love it. <laughs> I remember I had a PSP, and I bought the film to play on my PSP. The little discs. If I, I'm uh-huh. probably yeah. old, older than Yeah, that. no, we're and old. I, we know that. And I walked, home, I walked home from the mall watching it. That was the first time I saw it. But I eventually got to see it on the big screen. But, um, yeah, that film's the, the only thing that I didn't like 
was um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy that did the score. Um, I thought the score was too synthy. It didn't. It didn't fit. Like, yeah. I didn't really think the the score. Uh, for that I, I don't mind it so much. I kind of like the 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 upbeat theme, but I mean, it, you can't replace Ishiro Honda though. I mean, you can't. No, I mean, no. there's just no way well, to replace that. And it's not even really fair to compare his score to other scores. It's so iconic. Like beat one, you know exactly you're watching a Godzilla movie. You know, so. Like, oh, no. So you yeah. you should use it in a Godzilla movie, you know, you know yeah. it's like why would you not use? But you know whatever I, I I get it. I put on my producer's hat and I go probably cost too much money. La 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 la. You know you kind of make <laughs> your own. Your, your own mm. But but no, I, I don't think that's that really something terrible. <laughs> Raven is that Raven said that or is that Elizabeth? That was Raven. Raven? It was Raven. Okay, so Raven, did you buy the, the Criterion set? No, um, but I do have a subscription to the Criterion channel, um, okay. the streaming service, so most of them are on there right now. Yeah, I watched right. Gendra that way, which is my favorite of, of the earlier Godzilla movies, is Gendra the Three-Headed Monster. So yeah, Criterion yeah, that's and that's- has like... It was good transfer too. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so some of them were and some of them weren't. I mean, I bought the Criterion thing, but it's so big and bulky, and it's out of place in my collection. But um, yeah, they they, they, they they did a good job. It was nice to see nice to see them cleaned up a little bit. So. Right. Yeah. No, they look spectacular, and the sounds pretty great too. Especially, I I always like the weird jumping Godzilla poses where they. They have the little sound behind him. Um, it's bizarre, and it doesn't translate to American audiences ever, and they kept putting it in even the American Godzilla movies for a very long time until I think they stopped around the 80s here. Uh, but it delights me to no end, so it's been um, a joy to see them cleaned up on the Criterion channel. Yeah. I, of all the Godzillas, I think the the Godzilla, Mothra, Ghidra, all-out monster attack one, that one-off. Yes. I would love, yeah. I would love to see it go back to that. Yes. That, to me, that, I am that all was for that. Well, um, did, did you see I, I Shin think... Godzilla? Did you actually see that one? Which one? That, Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla. That was, that was uh, the last one. It came out two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's only in it 15 minutes, but um, I don't know. I was I was kind of like, listen, after after Chubzilla uh, falls asleep in San Francisco, um, I wasn't. I I I would have loved anything they did. I love the anime that's on Netflix. But you know, oh, I'm just tired. I'm gonna take a nap now. And it's done very Those those films are so If they horrible. just titled it that though in the first place and would have been honest about it, I think they could have had a built in audience. Uh you know, like Chopzilla falls asleep in San Francisco is something I would be first in line for. Uh, we would right. put it if in for narcoleptic. sure. So, yeah, just be honest. Movie is if you're a narcoleptic. Oh, there's gonna be a nuclear <laughs> explosion. Run to the door, sweetie, run to the door. What the hell? It just was crap. And then the new one, the new one was like, um, well, let's see how many monsters we can cram in here, and then we'll just kill them I'm off. I'm okay with that. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't like that part. 
I did like the perform the 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 um the performance of Gidra in that. That was the one saving grace to the, the monster yeah. the, uh, because clearly whoever was animating it kept in mind that they were three separate characters. And I actually really appreciated someone actually took the time to develop the character of Gidra. Yeah. The rest of the movie, first of all, they said there were thirteen of them when we got Five monsters. Screw that. They shortened our. They didn't give us enough monsters. Uh, and then, mm. and then, like, it, there's so much wrong with that movie. And I wish there wasn't. Uh, but I still will give the King Kong uh, Godzilla movie a shot because it can't be worse than the Japanese version, which is actually a pretty much a news <laughs> fest. So you talk about yeah, wanting right. to sleep through a film. But that the, one I have fallen asleep on. Just saw that today. I blame the director. The director that did Chubzilla and Chubzilla King of Monsters was because, okay, so in Chubzilla, when the the monsters were about to battle, where did we see the big battle? Was it on screen? Oh, it was on screen. It was on the airport television screens. Why did you do that? And then in in, in Chubzilla, King of the, King of the, King of the Monsters, Rodan's doing all this damage, and then as we're as we're really getting into the action, he pulls in a jet fighter to block the scene. What are you doing? Right. It's cheating. just like, yeah, cheating is exactly so. It's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go so back to werewolves. To that, just, yeah. Can we go werewolves? Let's go back to werewolves for a minute because. Uh, you, uh, you were saying that everyone loves American Werewolf in London, and don't get me wrong. It's a, I've seen it again during the madness. It's a very good movie. Yeah. Not my favorite okay. one. Uh, my What's favorite there? werewolf movie is 1985's Stephen King's adaptation of Silver oh. Bullet with Gary Busey. I, oh, that's a great one. It's a fairy tale. Like, it's a, such an old school vibe to it that I just I, 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 it holds up in rewatch. It's graphic. It's got one of the best villains. I love, uh, you know, you know what's his name from Twin Peaks? Is it? Oh my God, I'm blanking his name. Everett McGill. He's great yeah. in mm. that movie. Yeah. And you know, Corey Haynes in it. Gary Busey at the height of his career. Um, you know, it, 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 there's so much good about that movie. Um, and um, I also think the werewolf is, is, is a little odd of a suit, but it's still pretty effective. And there's a really famous, awesome transformation if we could all have the money to do that. <laughs> right. So, but there's, yeah. there's such an inherent sadness to that movie. Like, so, so let me ask you, so Silver Bullet or Ginger Snaps? Ooh, that's <sighs> a hard that's one. That's choice right there. Queenie would say Ginger Snaps. Our, our red yeah, right. uh, hey, I might go Ginger Snaps too. But I yeah. love Silver Ginger Bullet. I still amazing. do Silver Bullet. I'm going to fall on my sword for Silver Bullet. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we are, you know, uh, wheelchairs are a fetish, I guess. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I like Ginger Snaps. Don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome. And Catherine Isabel is amazing. So yeah. I, I, you know, really, I'm, I'm an actor kind of guy, you know, I, I really like performances, you know, and I, you know, I just thought, you know, Silver Bullet, you know, Corey Haim was amazing. 
Um, you know, everyone was amazing there, but I think Ginger Snaps, it really, it, see, horror, good horror has a tight subtext. My favorite movie of all time is Dawn of the Dead 78. And I hate the fact that I have to say Dawn of the Dead 78 because Yawn of the Dead 2005, what the hell was that about? Like, it's like, oh, we need to go somewhere safe. Camera pans up, there's the mall. They go in the mall. Oh, okay, well, we have to stay safe, so let's block off everything. Okay, so we lock the doors, and then they're safe, and then they have everything they need, and then forget the zombie baby. I don't even want to go into that. And then... (laughs) Oh, well, you know what? I want to go on board. Let's go to an island. What the hell is that? So everything was in that movie was for the writer's convenience. Yeah. And everything that happened in that movie was for the writer. Now, the original Dawn of the Dead had such deep subtext. It, it came out right when the AIDS crisis was beginning. So people were dying mm. and people were afraid of the bodies. They didn't know what to do with the bodies. You know, um, what is this disease? Yeah. Why is it only happening to me? I never put that together. That's really cool. And then um, I'm going to give you the same speech I gave um, George Romero when I met him. And because I worked with him on Land of the Dead, sort of. That's right. a long story. You guys don't have time for that story. But so, um, but Dawn of the Dead, you know, and then, then, then obviously the consumerism thing, they returned here because yep. they have an important place in their life. I mean, that, that was good. But there was so much subtext. I mean, these, these marauding guys, even that song, uh, you know, It's Good to Be a Man or whatever. I mean, there was so much subtext in that movie. Um, I mean, come on, The Exorcist, The Omen. Who didn't run to their Bible after they saw The Omen just to see if that was really in there? And then when you get there, you go, oh, my God, it's in there. Um, you know, that's what good horror does. The subtext of a horror movie stays with you. It, it makes you look under your bed and over your shoulder long after you've seen the movie. And there's always little things in there that make you think of that movie. Even things like Pumpkinhead, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's a sadness to that movie that stays with you. Well, um, and, and the best yeah. werewolf movies have a, a touch of sadness to them. All of them do. Right. It's oh, a yeah. tragic story. Uh, you know, often it's between a man and a woman, you know, beauty kills the beast, not always, but like um, I was talking about Late Phases, which is one of the most recent werewolf movies, but it's really not about the werewolves. It's more of a character study. Um, and, right. uh, it, it, and and it's really sad, actually. Uh, and, yeah, uh, it, it, but that's the thing. It's with all the famous monsters were born from a sadness. Frankenstein did not ask to be born. In fact, he says in Bride and Frankenstein, death better. He didn't ask to be reborn. He was born soulless. He was not a human. He knew his time had come and gone. Dracula was simply fighting, you know, was simply cursed because of his love for his wife. Um, You know, even in the book Dracula, it goes a little bit into that. I mean, he's cursed because he went against, went against God. Um, you know, the wolfman was cursed. He was bit. He was diseased. It wasn't his fault. Um, Godzilla, you know, it, he was just going home. It's, we put buildings up there. It's not our fault. Mm. I cried we like woke a baby. Him up. My mom, we woke him up. Like baby. Huh? <laughs> we woke up Godzilla. Yeah. He was sleeping, and we blew up big bombs and woke him up. And, you know, he's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> he woke me well, up. that's what I'm saying. He was just doing, he was just going home. We put buildings up there. It's not our fault. 
or his fault. But so if any, if you look at any good monster tale, it's it, it the monster is sympathetic. It is sympathetic, yeah. you know, and that's how they've lasted so long. I mean, you look at, I mean, even Jason, you know, you know, first of all, you survived all that shit, sorry, stuff, and then you see, then you see your mother killed. Oh, you can? I didn't know. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, you know, and, and um, you know, I think the only one who really didn't have a sympathetic was Freddy Krueger. I mean, he's a child molester. He deserved it. Um, but then they made him funny. He became the Heidi Youngman of monsters and, you know, sort of lost that magic. Um, but he was the boogeyman. And Michael Myers, he, he was, and I'm just talking about the very first movie, not the sequels and not this cash grab that they're trying to do right now. Um, but the first one, you see, you can't, you can't um, argue. You can't with, with, with a power of evil like that. It has no, mm-hmm. you know, it has no reason. It's, it's, it's just there to do evil, and that's what made it yeah. so scary. You couldn't reason with Mike yeah. Myers, you know. Um, and then part two, I bought it. I, I didn't mind it so much. Um, and the sister thing, I thought was one of the greatest twists in monster movie history. And now they're totally ignoring that. You know, yeah. I mean, it made sense. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't explain. Your science, okay? For all the screenwriters out there that might be listening or whatever, never explain your science because that's when people start to find holes in it. So you you establish a good character. You establish the weaknesses of the character. Like for Dracula, um, what are three ways to kill Dracula? Uh, What are three things Dracula can do? We all know this stuff because it's become mythological. It's, you know, stuff like that. And oh, nowadays, and Wolfman really did because all the tropes that ever since that movie, everyone thinks that they came before Wolfman. They didn't. Silver was was a trope from that movie. It started there, and and we still use it to this day. I mean, it, it, and it's the, amazing, and like that film in particular. Right, right, and and to think that it was almost a hundred years ago that 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 yeah. came out, and it's still so strong, you know. Um, it's amazing. And so, so when I look at horror movies today, I think I'm going to make a, a statement and you're all going to fall off your chairs. But I think hmm. horror movies are no longer scary. Do you know where the scares went? The scare, horror scares are in video games now. Yes. You no, remember the first, you're you right. remember the first time that that dog jumped through that window in Resident Evil. Uh-huh. We yeah. all pooed. I pooed. You pooed. We all pooed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Outlast, you know, Outlast and um, Resident Evil 7 and VR. And, I mean, that's, that's fear. That's jumping, getting your legs off the, off the floor and against your chest. Uh, I have not seen a movie that's done that to me in a very long time. James Wan, mm-hmm. I think, is close. He's close with the conjuring and all that stuff. Those are those mm-hmm. be scary. But I think that... Real horror is in the video games now. And for the most part, I completely agree with you. My daughter is playing uh, something called Among Us, which is huge, which is basically this thing on uh, on 8-Bit. Um, and it's, you know, it's about imposters and people changing shapes and, and figuring out who the villain is. 
So, yeah, and the best storytelling is coming from video games. Uh, a lot of it. A- absolutely. Is, um, absolutely. And, I would also say podcasts with that, though. There's a lot of really good horror, fictional horror podcasts that have True. given me and more fine-tangling than any movies have right now. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's a lot why. of talent out there. I will never be able to make a movie that can match your imagination. But radio, and radio it's all coming around again. Because the radio right. shows of the 30s, I still listen yes. to those. And I would <laughs> drop things listening to them. Um, you know, the, 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 the mystery theater, uh, what's it called? No, the CBS mystery, what's that one called? With um, E.G. Marshall narrates over it. There was one on there about a vampire. I think I'm going to steal the idea. No, but it, it, it was scary <laughs> as hell. It was like, it was so scary and it made, and it was all in my head. Like I could see yeah. it. And um, yeah. I think that's where it's going. I think, I think people need to invest more in the video games, and I think these podcasts and, and stuff and, and stars. I mean, I think real horror, real horror, what scares us comes from something that happened to us in real life, and we want yeah. that high again. For example, hmm. I'll tell you a really quick story. I don't know if you if – you, a really quick story, but when I was in high school, I worked at uh, Kmart, and this guy used to come in – I used to work in the garden shop and this guy used to come in and he'd buy, you know, bricks and building stuff because he was in construction and whatever. And um, he always asked me if I wanted a job. Now, this is like 1978. Um, and I was making like 375 at Kmart and he was like offering 10, hmm. 15 bucks. And I'm like, Oh, I'll, you know, no, because I was a high school student and I was lazy and I didn't really want to hmm. work. So, so one day I'm coming in to work from school and my friend Carol is working in the grill, and she holds up a newspaper. She goes, hey, you recognize this guy? I go, yeah, that's a smelly guy with the red truck. Yeah, he just murdered 33 young men boys and buried them under his house. What? Yeah, it was John Wayne Gacy. Holy And because shit. I was lazy, I may have Damn. saved my own life. <laughs> yeah. But you, ne- but you never forget wow. that shock. Like, shit. I, if I wasn't lazy, I might be dead now. <laughs> so right. to me, I, but it, 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 you never forget that, that feeling in your teeth, that shock. And I think I'm constantly looking for that, 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 that fear again, that, 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 that moment of reality, like, whoa. And I think that's why horror films, horror fans are so strong with the genres. You know, it, 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 there's a drug to it. There's like, I want that yeah. scare again. Whatever happened in your life, I want to experience that again. And you can do that safely through horror films. And you'll notice mm-hmm. that in any time of war, any time of war, horror films become big. Look at World War II. You had, you know, the, the universal horror mo- movie monsters. And in the 60s, you had Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff with the Vietnam War. And now with this, we're getting all these ghosts and depressing, you know, because we're fighting in a, in a land we don't, understand or know but we know that there's a spiritual religious connection to it so i think that's another thing where horror becomes big again is during time because so you have to release that that fear somehow mm-hmm. that's just what i think i i, I enjoy true. going to the movies horror films in theaters in particular because i like to see them with audiences um and 
sometimes the film isn't necessarily good, but watching it hit in the correct ways and watching an audience jump is one of my favorite things. I just watched my daughter watch Evil Dead 2 for the first time yesterday, and it was a pleasure to see her jump in the right spot, to laugh in the right places, to raise her hands when the guts would spit ash in the face. Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 I it, totally agree. It's, it's so much fun. And so I so we see Get Out in the theaters was quite an experience for me. Uh, going to The Quiet Place was an amazing experience in the theaters. Uh, not, not People that were so quiet. And and of course, my favorite, and I've dragged so many people to go see Midsummer like four times in the theaters, including Mm. the director's cut, um, and um, on on Amazon Prime as well. And Ari Aster's Hereditary, which are the only, honestly, last films that have truly gotten under my skin, was those two films. Um, Have you seen um, The House of Jack Bills? I have not, and it keeps coming up in conversation, so I think I better watch it. Now, there's only one film that I forbid. If you haven't seen it, I forbid you to watch it. You're not allowed. Do not put this, do not even get near this film. But a Serbian film? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Don't don't watch it. I forbid you. I totally know Stephen Barrow, who is the uh, distributor of that movie. Um, and uh, so shout out to them. Um, so yeah, no, I I haven't actually seen the Serbian film yet. Um, and you won't. And most of my uh, sexy witches no. actually have. There's a lot of people I know that have. And if you go to horror conventions, people wear shirts that well. Can I? You want to? You want to hear the most vulgar thing you could possibly wear at a horror convention? It does exist. Uh, are you ready? Right. It it's, says it's the baby. It says. I, it says, yeah, it says, I love Serbian film, fuck you and your baby. Uh, <laughs> people walk around with that shirt at, at horror conventions. But the that's Sinica not sisters, even the worst part of that movie. I, I just, no. I just, I didn't think I'd ever see a film that I was like, this is wrong. Um, and the problem <laughs> is it's well, it's well done. It's a well done movie. It's not, it's not a creep fest. It's, it's, it, it was done with some talent. Well, well, Sosa said there's actually a poetry to that movie. They actually are a huge proponents of it. Um, so hmm. you know, um, no. I I, no. I will tell you, I am a film completist, as they know, and eventually I will yeah. probably put it in. But no. I have been hesitant <laughs> to put that one in for obvious yeah, reasons. No, there's so much more to see. But uh, the House of Jack built is a very intriguing movie. Uh, and it does get under your skin, but that ending, oh, mm. I, I don't even want to talk about it. But it, it, it's a little Lars von Trier movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then I know to get ready. I, I, I actually posted the end of <laughs> Melancholia today because um, uh, there was a uh, article uh, that we actually have a rogue planet very close by coming through yeah. the galaxy. So I posted the very end of Melancholia where the rogue planet crashes into us and kills us all. Because <laughs> oh, it's 2020. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let me ask you, what what did you think of Mandy? <gasps> we just watched I, Mandy. I, I or have you seen, seen it yet? yet? I haven't seen okay. it yet. It's on my list. I, I have a list. I really, 
I have forced them to watch for the madness as a double feature, Mandy and a color uh, color out of space on Shutter. Yeah, as H color out of space was hard to do, so they did a great job. Mandy was amazing, though. I love Mandy. I like the score to Mandy. I think the music's really good. Um, Yeah, he died. Didn't he die? I think he died. The scorekeeper did that movie. That's yeah, he did. Um, oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Oh no. His last score. Yeah, What's his name? Yeah, this is definitely oh, getting under my skin. I'm starting to get a little bothered by it. Everybody's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, he died before this whole COVID thing, though. Um, but yeah, he, he was not very old. He was very young, though. I think he wasn't very old. Mm. I don't know the whole story about it, but it's his last score. I'm trying to get his name because he deserves a shout out. Um, Johan, oh yeah, Johan Johansson is his name. Um, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, I have the score. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he died in 2018. He's super mad talented dude. I mean, he did some great scores. Uh, um, he did the Sicaro score and he did Arrival. Um, and the theory of everything. Uh, he did a lot of like, he, you know, he 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 did a, he just has a huge mass of, of body of work for such a young time. So when we Mandy talked about Mandy, point. when we talked about Mandy on the show the first time, I, I think I mentioned that I thought the soundtrack drove the movie kind of like Tangerine Dream drove thief back in the day it was it was just yeah almost a character dream did some amazing scores in the 80s yeah fire they did legend right they did the european title legend um they did uh the one with tom cruise oh god that was so huge. That was like his breakout thing. Legend? Um, no, the yeah, but but they they also did one, um, the one where he dances in his underwear. The, oh, the big risky breakout business. role for him. Thank oh, you, yeah. risky, uh, business. risky business. That's, risky that's business them too. That's, that's really one of the best score. soundtracks. That's, that is a yeah. really good soundtrack. Okay, we're well, getting the last the 90 seconds movie. of our show, believe it or not. This is it. We're done. I know. I it told flew you, by. I told you like I the it went too quick. I have a million more questions. It, yeah, you know that. Oh, oh. What? Yeah, before I forget, you mentioned two vampire fr- uh, films that your friend did. Right. Uh, vampires Brighter in Darkness and Vampires Lucas Rising. Lucas Rising. Okay. Both on Amazon. Thank you. That right. and Basement Jack soundtrack I am looking up. Thank you. Yeah, you have to get it. It's just, yep. it's, it really is well done. Uh, well, thank you for and, coming on the and show. Nat- and Natalie says thank you very thank much. You. Yeah. And yeah. thank and you the for the pizza soldier. recommendation. Oh, yeah. And it's a block from my house, so you can stop by. Use the bathroom. Oh, right after. <laughs> uh, if I'm in Chicago, don't think I will. I have friends there. At some point, I would like to go back to Chicago. I love it there. So, you know, yeah. you hold the fort up 
up, up there while COVID's going down and, and good luck on, on your future filmmaking. Uh, you know, the struggle is real, but we persevere. So, um, so thank you for that. And thank you also to the Sexy Witches for being on the show. Uh, we will do a show in a month. And Brian, you can come on the show if you want. Uh, November, we always do our, our review of the year. And it's, it obviously is going to be a little bit different this year. Uh, huh. But um, I don't have the date. Just rating different be, dumpster fires. Yeah, it's going to be one, a week or two before Thanksgiving. Um, so it'll be somewhere around there. We will have a... Uh, a, a our these are a few of our favorite things, which is what I call our review show. In 2020, it's right going to be a huge review show because there was a lot of shit that went down. <laughs> so, no uh, digging. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyway, so thank you again, everyone, for being on the show tonight. And we will uh, talk, we'll post soon on the November show. Uh, don't forget to look for Brian's Practical Tools movies. Uh, don't forget Dog Soldiers. Uh, they never forget Dog Soldiers. It's that's brilliant. Um, Stephen Raven, thank you for being on the show. Is also Raven. Also, thank you for being my partner in crime during the madness. You always are my biggest cheerleader, and your team always rules. Steve, I'm glad you're having a good time as a judge. You're doing awesome, and Aaron, you are too. And, yeah. and everybody else that called in, thank you as well. Um, and Natalie says so thank you for the madness. Oh, well, thank vote. you. For... Everybody votes. Yes. Matter of fact, get this, yes. Brian. I'm leaving tonight with Tenacious D uh, uh, singing yeah. the Time War. Says, please vote. Vote like your life depended on it, because guess what? This time it actually does. Night, everyone. Good film hunting. We'll be back in a month. I'm sorry, three, two, one. Contact me afterwards. You'll get the five points. Um, but I gotta go. Thank you. I'm out of money. As we all know, <laughs> the struggle is real. Good night. Good night. Night. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. It's just a jump to the left. It's just a jump to the left. It's just a jump to the left. Put your hands on your hips. Put your hands on your hips. Put your hands on your hips. You bring your knees inside. But it's a pelvic rub. You really got your wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do the
to the left. It's just a jump to the left. It's just a jump to the left. Put your hands on your hips. Put your hands on your hips. It's just a jump to the left. It's just a jump to the left. Now put your hands on your hips. Put your hands on your hips. Put your hands on your hips. You bring your knees inside. But it's a pelvic roll. You really thought you would say, yeah, yeah.